the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. News and talk you can trust. I tell you what, if I had the talent of any one of these people, I'd be elected president by acclamation. <laughs> the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. There he is, a former Vice President Joe Biden, hoping to be a current president tomorrow when Election Day goes into full swing. Because of all the early voting, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn here. Thank you for joining us on The Morning Answer on Election Eve. But... Because of all the early voting, it has been, it almost feels like this is sort of the closing day. Usually opening day feels like the beginning, but it sort of feels like the end, doesn't it, since people have been voting for so long? Said a different way, it's a thought I had yesterday, and, and, and you remind me of it this morning. Election day is becoming an antiquated, obsolete term. Yeah. Because it's really an election season, an election, an election, an election season during, uh, uh, for example, in America. Today, here on a Monday morning answer just after 7 a.m. Thank you for joining us, Brian and Jennifer. 93 million and counting Americans are shattering early voting records. They have cast ballots. This is uh, numbers as fresh as yesterday, Sunday afternoon, putting the 2020 election on track for historic levels of voter turnout. Election day used to mean, and, and now as I look back on it, I guess it's, it's rather quaint that everybody shows up on election day. I remember mm-hmm. growing up in New York and on Staten Island, our public school was a polling place. We, my brother and I, would have the day off from school so that the school could be used for voting day, for election day for our parents to come in and other parents and community members uh, to vote, citizens to vote. Uh, but when 93 million people have voted, before election day, election day should be should it's not the same. Yeah, it makes it it makes you wonder how many people will turn out tomorrow. Now, I did early voting. I went to a polling place. I voted in person, but I voted there on Sunday in Los Angeles. Election officials have already said they've received 2.1 million ballots in Orange County. The figure is about 750,000. And then, of course, all across the United States, you mentioned it. We're up to about 93 million already. Those numbers will be going up in Los Angeles and Southern California. Now, the question is, is that record high turnout? And according to the folks at LAist and the experts that count all this stuff, they say it's a good sign. But because California has done mail-in this time, universal mail-in, there are absentee ballots already out there. And of course, people voting in person early and they were able to last week, all throughout the weekend, they say because it's so voter friendly, this may not actually even be an indication that voter turnout will be that high. It just really depends on who turns out tomorrow. One of the items in the news today, hear more about it, of course, 736 on your Donald Daily download here on Election Eve. Now more than ever, thank you for joining the morning answer because you got all the information for you. President Trump yesterday after landing in North Carolina, Jennifer, home of the city of Fayetteville, uh, the president said to reporters that, how about this? We're going to go in night of. As soon as that election is over, we're going in with our lawyers on election night to these 100%. swing states to yep. review the vote. So if anyone thought that there would not be uh, 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 
there not would be lit- there would not be litigation or threat of or certainly investigations. President Trump did say that uh, his latest attack on the legitimacy of this week's unprecedented vote count. I, I would take well, issue with that in defense of the president. I would take issue w- with the way that said. Be- it's his because, latest attack. Yeah. Well, he's offered attacks on the legitimacy of the vote, so that is true. But this, I don't think is because if it's very close in a race, well, you bet every candidate with the resources to do it, and Biden has them as well, will send people in there to review the way those votes are tabulated. That's just sort of the MO of politics. So I think that particular move is unfair to lump in with other moves, which I think are legitimate attacks on the legitimacy of the vote. He did it in 2016, three days before the election that he thought he wouldn't win. He said, you can't trust these results coming on Tuesday. And then he won. And of course, we never heard about that again. Well, I think we have talked about voter integrity, certainly from President Trump. We've heard it from our local officials. I would say that, uh, and you're right, that that article, I think, unfairly char- characterizes that as questioning the, the result of the election because already today, I mean, it's they've been there for weeks already. Right. You already have lawyers from the Trump campaign, the Biden campaign, the DNC and the RNC already populating these important states where every single vote is going to matter. They're already there. And my understanding <laughs> Not like they're going to be sent in when the bat right. signal goes up. But I mean, they're, they're watching, and they're there in larger numbers. I believe I read this weekend than they've ever been before. Oh yes, because I think there are so many. Uh, again, I think it is so fair and I, unfair, and I take it really personally when people say Republicans don't want people to vote because this Republican does. I want everybody who wants to vote. I want them to be able to go out and be able to do that. But what Universal Mail-in has done in many key states is a rule change with not a lot of time to implement it and implement it effectively. And so there are going to be a lot of questions about how long we count votes, which votes are counted. Some states require signatures. Do signatures match? How do we determine if signatures match? And there are all sorts of questions. I'll tell you, my own personal experience voting this weekend, you now sign when you get in there into the polling place, you sign your name on a tablet. My signature... Yes. On a tablet does not match my signature that they probably have written in fi- on file. I don't think anybody's does because you use the stylus and it's like, you know, it's all over the place. I think it's a very important point. You said they're implementing policies without enough time to make sure if they're efficient or if they work. And isn't that hasn't that been the story of 2020 and what the government has done? They have implemented what they think and hope we presume, I, I do believe, will be remedies to accommodate some of the many unprecedented challenges that the pandemic in the year 2020 has brought upon the American people. So the the idea of trying to accommodate voting, you're right, in an expeditious, swift way without really a whole lot of time to put it in a lab and see quite how it works. Well, that's really just consistent with what the government has done since, uh, well, even before March of this, I'll say it, dreaded year 2020. One of the things that the campaigns are going to be doing today, if you can believe it, is still trying to register new voters. As of right now, today, this minute, 13 million people are unregistered voters and they're in battleground states. And so Mm. what President Trump and the RNC is trying to do, what Joe Biden's campaigns have now focused on is registering and turning out brand new voters and doing it with all along, basically, during this campaign. But certainly they're battling it out for new voters. The latest numbers show millions who have not registered. They consider themselves to still be up for grabs. 
About 13.4 million eligible unregistered U.S. voters can register and vote on Election Day in 21 states. This is according to Vote America. That number is 34 percent of the total 40 million unregistered eligible voters in the United States. That's wow. a significant chunk, and that's a lot of game in, a, in an election that is going to be close for those campaigns to try to figure out who those people are, how to get them registered, and how to get them to vote for their candidate. But I always hear about the deadline for registering. I mean, how, how in certain could, states, again, state by could, state, yeah, have right. different rules. You can register. I think in California, you can register all the way up until the end. Now, you, you think about? Uh, I I don't know. Admittedly, I don't know that. But I don't think so in L.A. County. But Jen, we talk. People talk about their vote not matter. Matter. Their vote doesn't matter. It's it's not going to matter to the outcome. Think about this. In our lifetimes, you just mentioned today forty million age appropriate eligible to vote, but they're not voting in America, citizens. Last presidential election, uh, divided between a few battleground states, came down to about 70,000 votes. In the year 2000, it was 537 votes in the state of Florida that sent George W. Bush, our president, to the White House. We're talking now about 40 million people who could vote, who could jump in there and formulate some opinions based on a wee bit of research and rock those statistics either way. Yep. And here's your answer for California voter registration deadlines. If you are one of those people, by the way, not that California is necessarily a swing state, but every vote counts. Registration deadlines, you had to do it by uh, October 19th online or by mail. But you go in person to your polling place, you can register right up until November the 3rd. So oh, I didn't know that. You uh, go, thank you for the information. And that's what these other voters can do across the country. It'll be interesting to see if that comes into play. All right, as we continue, who has donated to the Biden camp? The answer may shock you. A new list is out as your Monday morning answer continues. Brian Whitman's voices, Jennifer Horn's brain. What else do you need to start your day? This is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us on your Monday morning answer. Practice Election Day. It's Election Day Eve. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. And Brian, we were talking, and we'll talk about Biden's campaign donors, and I think it's always interesting to see who contributes most to these campaigns. Yeah, and see, see where this money's coming from and but the people from whom it's coming. We were talking about those voters, those first-time voters that the campaigns are trying to identify out on the campaign trail. And it got me thinking. I know... That there are a lot of people who might be listening right now who voted for Trump and are going to do it again. And maybe today they're more enthusiastic than they were. There may be a few people who uh, voted for Hillary and maybe will vote for Biden. I'd like to open up the phone lines right now to people who are making a, a party shift, not necessarily in their registration, but with who they're voting for for president. Are there any of you out there who voted in 2016 for Hillary Clinton that will today be voting for Donald Trump? Anybody today who didn't vote for Donald Trump who might be voting for him? Anybody today who voted for Donald Trump in 2016 and who may be voting for Joe Biden or even a third party candidate? I'd like about, to talk to those people. Yeah, that's a very interesting question, and we're going to ask you why. 855-785-8255, your Monday morning answer in advance with final polls coming in. We'll share those numbers with you. Donald Daily Download at 736. Jen, it's a great question. If four years ago you voted for Hillary over Trump, tomorrow, assumably, presumably, you're voting for Trump. That's a switch. Right. If you voted for Trump four years ago, four years later, you can't vote for Trump again. You're voting for Biden. Why is that? Right. 
855-785-8255. And we can even, you know, maybe you abstained from voting for one of these candidates. Maybe you'll abstain this time. If you've made a shift in who you're voting for for the presidency here, not necessarily some of the local races, but at the top of the ticket, 855-785-8255. Tell us about your shift and tell us your reasoning behind it. Because there were a large faction of Republicans who were never Trumpers who maybe left that slot blank at the top of their ballot. There may be people who were taken with the idea of Trump. Maybe he's disappointed you. Or maybe you voted for Hillary Clinton because you couldn't get behind it. Now you go, oh, no, I'm Trump all the way. I can't vote for Biden. 855-785-8255, the number to call. 855-785-8255 on Election Eve. The answer to the question that uh, that you've uh, brilliantly brought to the audience this morning, I'm just along for the ride here. I think this is a great question. Uh, I think the answer answer most of the time is 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 predicated on how the caller the person the voter that calls out to us on our lines of filling up how they feel about the four years of president trump their judgment on the four years that that we've just almost four years we've lived through have you had significant mind changes about who should sit in the oval office since 2016 855-785-8255 ari is in los angeles arnie ari you're on the morning answer with brian and jen thanks for calling in morning guys love your show you know I, i didn't switch parties but in 2016 i didn't vote for president trump because i thought he was going to turn out to be not conservative like a arnold schwarzenegger type uh-huh. And this time I'm all in 100 percent on the train. So he wasn't conservative enough for you, but he has he's uh, gotten your confidence in that department. A hundred percent. Two quick questions. And I, think, and, and I think I think around the country, there's a lot of people like me. I think you're right. Uh, quick question. Do you want to tell us for whom you voted or did you just not vote in 2016? We know you didn't vote for Trump. For, pre- but, for, yes, for, for president, I did not vote. OK, question. Uh, if you can. Tell us just the one most important thing or facet element of Donald Trump uh, that you have lived through as an American, as we all have over these almost four years, that switched you if there was a moment. Oh, easily. And that's that he fights against the left. He is the only force fighting against the rise in the power of the left. And we need more of Donald Trump around. Ari, thank you so much for the phone call. I think a lot of conservatives, me included, feel like that. The Republicans for a long time, and I've said this to you, Brian, they didn't have a lot of backbone. They didn't really fight back, and I don't think they realized how big – and I don't want to say enemy because I don't want us to be against each other, but I do believe that socialism, not necessarily liberalism, but socialism is an enemy. the same thing, right? Exactly, and that's why I make that – Distinction. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that President Trump is the one who's called this out, opened people's eyes, and fought back. John in Los Angeles. Hi, John. What did you do last time? What are you going to do this time? Uh, last time I did not vote for Trump. I, I wrote in a cruise. Okay. A, a protest vote, but I'm, I'm 100% in for Trump. What was so it? Sh- yeah, oh, excuse me. Go ahead, John. I'm what sorry. was it that brought uh, you to, uh, thought, to the Trump side? I, I thought that, uh, one, I didn't trust him. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know that he would actually do what he said he would do but he kept his promises as best he could and on this appointed uh conservative uh supreme court justices and that's probably the number one issue mm-hmm. Th- thank you for saying that because on this election eve as you as someone who wrote in ted cruz four years ago you were one of those never trump republican conservative folks who thought trump didn't have the conservative stuff but he's proven to you that he does it's a question yeah, he, actually. he proved me wrong 
Okay. Hey, look, I appreciate you saying that. I've been proved wrong a gazillion times. Ha ha, I got it right, John. No, I'm just kidding. John, thanks for the phone call. I'm just teasing from Los Angeles. Paul, Thousand Oaks. Hi, Paul. You're on the morning answer with Brian and Jen. What's your vote this time around? Uh, this time around, I'm voting for Trump. Last time, I didn't. I voted for an orange juice can. I didn't like the way that he talked smack about Ted Cruz and his father, uh, insinuating that he may have had something to do with JFK's assassination and all those lies. He said lies wackier he things since that. He said wackier things as president, Paul. Well, yeah, okay. but right. um, those uh, those were obvious, you know, mistruths, so... And his buddy in the Inquirer running a story on it and everything like that. I just, I, it, when I did you like cross it. over? When in these four years did you cross over to the decision now that you'll be voting for Trump? I'd say I made the decision probably earlier this year. I mean, it, it, it wasn't long-lasting, but I mean, as soon as uh, Biden was running for president, I knew I had to vote for Trump this time. Hmm. Um, he governed conservatively. I didn't think he would. I thought he was a Democrat with an R next to his name when he ran in 2016, but he's actually proven to be very conservative, and I like the way he's governed. All right, Paul, thanks. Paul in Thousand Oaks, 855-785-8255. Let's up in Daniel in Burbank. Hi, Daniel. You're on the morning answer with Brian and Jen. Are you following suit here? We, we seem to be unanimous in people who didn't vote for Trump in 2016. Now, today, they are going to cast their vote, at least maybe you already have, for President Trump. Well, I didn't vote um, last last election period, but for sure this year I am voting for Trump. And another reason why I didn't vote was, I mean, we're in California. I mean, what are the chances of our votes really oh, mattering? But, right, but, Daniel, oh, stop, stop, you hit just the air horn. Me. Hold on. No, no, but, but I am saying this, I'm saying this. What I am seeing right now, what I am seeing right now, and this, there are a lot of people out there that we're noticing, a lot of people are leaving California. Air horn him. Can we air horn him, please, Katie? Hold on, hold on, hold on, Daniel. You need to be air horned. Uh, you have fired off our neurons. We're we're we're, we're angry. Attention. <laughs> Caller Daniel of Burbank said Daniel. four years ago, he's a conservative guy, Republican, but said something we've all heard. Ah, shows California. My voice talking about. Stop air horn it. Air horn it. Sir, one, you're being airhorned. You must remain silent, Daniel. You must remain silent because you're going to learn a lesson here. There are, there are, my friend, so many other important races and certainly propositions about your tax dollars, about crime and punishment on the ballot. Daniel, are you driving? Are you are you driving, Daniel? No, no. Good. Can you put your right hand up, please? Please put your right hand up and face the face the radio and say, "I, Daniel." Uh, I, Daniel, from Burbank, from Burbank, Burbank. do solemnly swear, do solemnly swear to vote in this election and every election (laughs) henceforth. Come on. I do solemnly swear to vote in this election and every election. So help me morning answer. Help me morning answer. Thank you. I miss Ben Shapiro, man. When's Ben coming back? Uh, After he, um... Has um, you know what? See if he makes you take an oath to vote. I'm out here changing minds, Daniel. Now get out to the voting booth. Stop yeah, making excuses. Yeah. Get out there and you right. vote. Speaking of people don't who be, vote, don't be a shrugger. I hate I, the shruggers. It's California. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we, it matters. Jim, we only say nice things about people who we 
used to work with. But hey, but speaking of people who didn't vote, <laughs> that's true. Actually, he admits it. All right, is President Trump's approval rating enough to win re-election? We'll compare him to past presidents in the Donald Daily Download as your Friday morning answer continues. Oh, Friday Monday morning answer what? continues. I wish. Bye. News and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Putman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It is your Monday, not Friday morning answer. Who would ever say that? Come we're just, on. We're just starting off the week here. It is and practice election day. Yeah. Tomorrow is in-person election day, November 3, the first Tuesday after the first Monday of November. Every four years, America picks a president, our president, for four years, has been President Donald Trump. Tomorrow night, presumably. Let me but- salute. Hold on. There you go. He has been our president because he has been so active in our lives in terms of uh, shaping the news and everybody having an opinion. It is with a sense of, well, a sense of real, profound voting democracy. Will he still be in 48 hours the president? We created a segment for him, for he was such an eventful president. It's called the Donald Daily Download. And I need four more years of it. Oh, see what I mean. This is The Answer with Brian and Jen. Why didn't you get it done? You had eight years to get it done. Now you're saying you're going to get it done because you're all talk and no action, Jim. The Donald Daily Download. Uh, things go the other way. The Biden Daily Download happening Ew. on this. No? We'll have the Biden Daily Gaff is what we'll do. Because <laughs> you know there'll be one every single day, man. If How about he even the... speaks. Hey, he's dude. even president. I mean, it's really it's up right. in the air. You may get Kamala Harris. Warning, warning. How about the Biden daily break where we just relax and take a break? It's By the way, I promised you some more recent Biden plagiarism, which I now have for you. I will be. Oh, you. good. Did you call uh, the Soros brothers? Let's just say, you know, dude, if you're going to plagiarize someone, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not Hillary. Didn't work out so well the last time around. Oh, why don't you plagiarize someone who can win? That's well, I mean, she's won much. She did. She got more votes last time. But I know that's not winning. No. Huh? She lost so, the Electoral College. She sort of lost it. How did Joe Biden play dry Hillary? Let's do we have a uh, Do you want to do that in the Donald? I think we have to wait. I think we oh, have yeah, to wait. Oh yeah, about neither of them. I mean, a, he hates both of them. That's the only commonality. What the president say this weekend on the campaign trails what I'd like to hear. We are going to play some of the president's cuts, but first, it was a really interesting piece that I found in the New York Post that I thought of you as soon as I saw it. I was like, "Oh, this is something women's going to love." And okay. I think all of you will like this too. We so, hope so. There have been uh, um, 11 incumbent U.S. presidents that have run for re-election since Gallup began tracking their approval ratings back in 1945. Okay, okay yeah, so 11 incumbents that have run for re-election. Yeah, for 75 years, approval over 50 percent in Gallup polls usually means a president wins a second term. Actually, every single time that a person who wants re-election, if they've got over 50 percent in Gallup polls, it means that they've they've been guaranteed almost a second term. Now, approval under 40% spells certain defeat. Nobody has been able to have an approval rating from Gallup under 40% and still go on to win re-election. Okay. Now, President Trump's approval rating, they say, is in this electoral gray zone. Gallup's October 27th measurement is its most recent, and they found that President Trump has an approval rating of 46%. That's up 3% from their last survey on October the 15th. Now, past presidents who have had similar ratings, their success has been mixed. Gerald Ford had 45%. He did not win re-election. He was defeated. And he never won election in the first place with great respect to a great American patriot. Correct. Barack Obama, whose approval rating remained in the 40s for almost all of his re-election year before ending at 50%, went on 
to victory. He did. But if you look at the approval trend lines, they say, of Obama and Trump's first terms, they are actually very, very similar, according to Helmut Norpoth, who's a very smart guy from Stony Brook University. Oh, I know Helmut. I, I used to call him <laughs> Helmet Head. I'd <laughs> say, right. I need your brain. Come over here, Helmet Head. He's a smart guy. All of this says one, it screams two words to me. Voter turnout. Yeah, and that's exactly right. So Trump has been a little lower than Obama, but not by much. And uh, they said that Obama managed to get himself to 50 percent in 2012, just before the election. And uh, so this puts President Trump really in this area, again, where people just go, we don't know. It's going to be so close. He's in this gray zone where there's really not a a lot of history to look at to try to figure out what's going to happen. And we'll hear the president moments ago campaigning over the weekend, campaigning heavily today as well. But it reminds me of what Dr. Sebastian Gordon said weeks ago right here in Anaheim at Town Hall 2020 with the answer. He said, Seb said, the president has done what he can. We must, speaking to supporters, and he obviously is one, we must now do the work that's necessary to get him reelected. And, and that's what those stats tell me. That's right. And uh, I know Sebastian Gorka this week weekend was out at one of the Trump rallies in Washington, D.C. They did this big car rally here in Beverly Hills. There was a huge event that was actually broken up by some anti-Trump protesters who were out there the cops were called. But there have been lots of uh, cases where you see boat events, right? They have people out in the water. They have car parades. They have all of this happening, even in our very blue state of California. And one of the storylines in all of this is what black voters and Hispanic voters are going to do, because there is some traction. I know I've been screaming it out to you, Whitman, for the last, what, since January. Watch black men. If if Donald Trump can get himself up to 14 or 15 percent with them, he wins. And he spoke about the fact that he was the person, the candidate, to represent everyone when he was in Michigan yesterday. Biden is the candidate of anarchists and rioters and looters and gun grabbers, flag burners. We ought to put people in jail for a year when they burn our flag. You know, what the hell is that all about? I see them burning a flag. They ought to have you burn the American flag, you go to jail for one year. Be amazing. It's like we did, we signed, I signed the law. You knock down a statue or a monument, you go to jail for 10 years. It's amazing how that stopped. It's amazing how that stopped, isn't it? Um, But it's a lobbyist, special interest. I'm the candidate of police officers, the middle class, law-abiding, hardworking American patriots. And others. I mean, look, I think I'm the candidate of everybody. He continues on here, and this is interesting, talking about how Biden has betrayed African-Americans, and he's done it for 47 years. For 47 years, Joe Biden betrayed African-Americans at every turn. He took your votes. He took you for granted. And then he shipped away your jobs and flooded your cities with cheap foreign labor. He devastated black families with his 1994 crime bill that locked really locked up tens of thousands of African-American men with unfair sentencing. And he called African-American young men super predators all the time. He would say super predators, a name that has always been something. There has been no name that they've hated more. They hated it with Hillary Clinton and they hate it with Joe Biden. Super predator. The term super predator, that was his term. He forged close relationships with pro-segregation lawmakers and his trade deals decimated the black middle class. Joe Biden cares more about refugees living 
thousands of miles away than he does about black Americans living in Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Detroit, Baltimore, Oakland. He's done nothing. And here's what might decide the election as Election Day is tomorrow. The president boasted about how he took action to put people in jail for a year if they take down a statue. Mm -hmm. And he said, and we did that and we stopped that. I okay, that's effective. Imagine if the president had applied that determination to solve that problem, to end that to COVID-19. Imagine if he had continued to go to the daily briefings today as the U.S. adds a new Coronavirus case every second of the day. Hospitals from West Texas to Wisconsin are overwhelmed with the soaring number of critically ill Americans. USA Today, uh, actually yesterday, USA Today, on Sunday, yesterday, Election Day, tomorrow, President is is competent. But what are his priorities? Yeah, well, well, let's see if this is a referendum on COVID or not. I think that the president has done, really, everything he can as as a leader of a country empowering states to be able to protect their citizenry. All right. As we continue uh, that moment of plagiarism, Joe Biden using a little inspiration from Hillary Clinton. Plus, the stars came out in the final weekend of campaigning as your Monday morning answer continues. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is the morning answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us. It's Monday. It's election eve and we are kicking off election 2020 week and I gotta say I am so honored to be here with you and uh, kind of navigating through all of this stuff with you Brian women this is going to be a historic week that's for it, sure it sure is and I literally I, I if I didn't if I I wouldn't say this if it weren't true I just wouldn't say it but it is true I was just thinking exactly the same thing uh, not just about you but about our morning answer listening family mm-hmm. that we have shared uh so many years together for which I'll always be grateful. And I know you will too. I'm talking like I'm going to get hit by a bus when I, I walk know. <laughs> who knows? Selena no. and Barnes. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> they broke up, so I don't know who to go with. Uh, but, uh, but to be here now at this moment after sharing every morning, four years just about, or even more with the campaign of President Donald Trump and candidate Trump and, and the way he has changed, the way we consume news, the, the expectations of an American president. I would say not for the best. Some would say for the better. And here we are, standing in 13 hours, 7 minutes, and 38 seconds, arguably somewhere in America a few hours after that, in a polling place to chime in in the greatest nation in human history where the votes will be very different for very different people with very different visions for America's future. Yet we come together right here, Jennifer and myself, on the pro- holding some of those very different views. Yet in the spirit of this greatest nation, we can have the conversation and we can uh, and, and we can freely securely is a challenge for the government with, I think, the sheer numbers of votes that are being cast, Jennifer, but respect those with whom we might not agree. And, and may the candidate and the vision that receives most support have the reins of power at his mm-hmm. at, at this point at his hands someday maybe her hands 55 percent say that this is going to be the most stressful day of their life that's according to the drudge of report. their life <laughs> yeah a study finds that 55 percent of americans say that election day will be the most stressful day of their life those people need to relax <laughs> a little well, bit. those people have had very charmed lives 
Right? I can understand if you're Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Jill Biden or Melania Trump saying, you know, I love this person or it's me. It's the most stressful thing. But, uh, wow, I couldn't imagine ever saying that an election was the most stressful day of my life. However, I think it speaks to, and it's a good thing. I don't want high stress. It speaks to love of country and the desire to to be a guardian of one's own nation. I yeah. think it does. And it also shows how people are really convinced on one side or the other. So uh, you, there is not a lot. I, I don't think there are a lot of people who kind of float back and forth in the middle. There are a lot of people right now who are very strident in their beliefs. Maybe it has nothing to do, as Jen articulated, and I did as well, with the lofty principles of democracy and people governing themselves. Maybe it has to do with a poll. 75% of Americans are concerned about civil unrest on election day. Right. This poll comes to us from the USA Today. It's a Suffolk University poll. Finds that 75% on the nose of American adults are afraid and concerned about civil unrest. Dr. Robert Portley here in the Valley uh, is says the concern is understandable. I'll share a quote. Quote, that's what a lot of people are experiencing and anxiety and anxiety by definition is concern about future events. Adding, I think it reflects a very prevalent uncertainty that has accumulated over the last seven months. And he ref- the seven months refers to the duration essentially of the active campaign well, season. And the reason we're afraid about civil unrest is because they're threatening us with it. They're, they're well, by the way, we've seen it all year. Yeah, and we've also seen, seen it all year. And they're already planning it and the police are responding and trying to be proactive on this. There are a number of stars who have promised to leave America if uh, President Trump wins again. Remember uh, in 2016 Lena Dunham, John Stewart, Samuel L. Jackson, they all said that they would leave the United States. Of course, they did not. But this time around, Bruce Springsteen, Tommy Lee, Ricky Martin, and John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Okay, I got to be honest. There are two of them. All said that they'll leave the country. And I say, you know what? This is actually maybe the best day of our life. Let's again root for President Trump to win and we'll lose some of this liberal dead weight. Come on. Okay, it's uh, you may see it. You may see it as uh, you you may consume those names and think liberal dead weight. I do think um, artists, contributors to American culture. Sure, I'm a good, lovable liberal, and they're thinking people just have a, a different opinion than you. And by the way, uh, if you are actually calling uh, the Mayflower Moving Company based on the outcome of this presidential election, you need to think more about yourself. How uh, if if my Jennifer, if you, my best friend came to me and said, I'll move from this country if Joe Biden wins. I would say to you, because you're my friend and I can talk this way to you, I would say, Jennifer, you're going to let these people have that much power I know. over you? You're going to run, let people run you out of some place? This is it. These people are out not— Out of your own country? These people don't really believe in America, or they wouldn't be saying this. And I have to say, Bruce Springsteen is one of the most overrated singers next to Tom Petty. <laughs> Ever. All right. Well, you're a Sunland girl, <laughs> and I grew up two minutes from New Jersey. Uh, I'm a fan. Only good album was born in the USA, and then it went just a little bit too, oh, I'm such a serious rock star. Uh, he did. I attended one of those concerts and walked out in the middle. <laughs> Lame. Can you imagine what that was like, how oh, crazy I was that I night? can imagine. It's just too much, too much. All right. Joe Biden <laughs> has been known for borrowing from people. He's mm. done some plagiarizing. In fact, it took down his first bid for the presidency. I think it was back, what, 1988? 1988. And the nomination ultimately went to the aforementioned uh, Monday, Governor Mike Dukakis. Uh, but uh, Biden was, uh, he had plagiarized a, a European political mm-hmm. leader, I believe from Great Britain. Neil Knock. 
okay, thank you. Is it Great Britain? It might be. I, and yeah. and uh, he he certainly he certainly was successful in conveying the spirit, if not some of the very words. However, this story, and you'll, you'll, you'll detail it, I would call this a double borrow, yes. if you know what so I mean. So here's the thing. So he borrowed from Neil Hanak. That ruined his first presidential campaign. He also made up the fact that he, like, graduated first in his class. Like, he's telling these whoppers all along, and he gets well, caught. He gets it's caught. Not like, it's not like he's Brian Williams hosting the NBC Nightly News. From he Iraq. just might be the president, you know? <laughs> no, I think that what he does here, he's quoting – well, you'll hear it. He's quoting the late John Lewis, the congressman, who Hillary Clinton also quoted. So mm. it's it's um, maybe it's here, not here, the same. I here think. we go. This is this weekend, by the way. When I last talked to John Lewis as he's dying, he reminded me of it. I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Let us say with one voice. The words of James Cleveland's great freedom hymn. I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far. Nobody yeah. told me the road would be easy. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. He brought me this far to leave me. Guys. This is not plagiarism. They're repeating it's very quote. prominent hymns, lyrics and hymns and quotes. Now, what you do here in the background at the beginning, the first Biden clip, yeah. those are the plagiarism police. They follow him around and they throw their sirens and they start honking at him once they sense plagiarism. Listen back to the first Biden cut. You'll when I last it. talked to John Lewis as he's dying, he reminded me of it. I don't feel no ways tired. I've come now too far from where I started yeah. from. They now we're moving in. Can we way. actually like agree on something? The liberal yes. and the conservative here. Uh, Can we uh, agree we- that these car rallies are really anno- annoying? Because you know what's not easy? It's not easy to hear Joe Biden talking about corn pop when this is going off in the background. You kind of lose it when that horn is going off. But maybe when Biden is speaking, you sort of like you when I'm talking the, over you. The, but yeah. <laughs> you got you, taken away by a horn too. When <laughs> no, you're the best. When Biden's speaking, maybe appreciate the distraction. But you know what else it does? What? It puts us back in the mindset of nobody gets out of their cars oh, anymore. Stupid. Such a complicated set of issues on the ballot this election year. Yeah. In, in, in personified by candidates and otherwise. Governor Gavin Newsom enrages California parents over the weekend. We will tell you why as your Monday morning answer continues.